Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. If you would like some more information about us, please visit adventurechurch.co.za. We hope that you will enjoy today's message. It is honestly such a privilege for me. I consider it such a blessing to be able to speak God's word. There is nothing in my life that carries as much weight as that does. And as I prepared for this, my hope was, and and I believe and I'm trusting that there's a prophetic impartation in what Holy Spirit is wanting to say to us. Because I don't think this is only a message for you as individuals, but I find what happens is when we as a body of Christ, if I receive a word, it naturally just spreads out into the corporate, into the body of the church. And I'm trusting that what Adventure Church is facing right now, there will be revelation for you, there will be encouragement, there will be a stirring up of faith for love and the good works that God has prepared for us. And I'm sharing from Joshua, I'm sharing the story about after they've crossed the Jordan River into the promised land and are now going to take possession of the city of Jericho. I've called my message The adventure is in the impossible, the unimaginable, and the unbelievable. And I believe that's what you as a church is facing. And so if I get emotional, it's because I carry in my heart what it is that you hope as a church to possess in this area, in this region, in the lives of people that you are surrounded with. There is a big job in Tindley Manor. And every single person here is ready for harvest. And so I just am trusting that God will, in all of our hearts, stir up our faith to see what it is that he wants us to do and how we overcome certain things. So there's two truths, I believe, that the Lord wants to share with us and two instructions. The two truths, believe, it's a faith that takes hold. The second truth is the reality of being strong and courageous. What is that? How do, we, how do we live in that? And then the instructions that I felt. And for Henny and I, because we travel so much, it, these things are a reality that we need to walk in the whole time. The, the instructions is, do not miss the power of this moment. Don't consider where you are at right now, what you are busy with each day. Don't miss the power of the moment. Every moment counts. I tell people, uh, well, I did tell everyone when I turned 62 years ago, 
that, um, and just picture this with me because it'll help you to understand the kind of person that I am in my faith. But I um, said to everyone that now that I'm 60, for 10 years I've decided I'm going to run flat out for God. Nothing will stop me, nothing will hinder me. I will go out in a blaze of glory. And I don't know if you know that picture of Charlie's angels and one of the angels walks away from the car and she blows it up. That's me. I'm walking away and I'm blowing stuff up. And I'm wanting to stir that up in us, to deposit that kind of, of passion and fervor for the things of God and what he wants to do with us in our lives. The second instruction is, walls will not stop you. They will come down. Our timing and his timing are always at opposition with each other. Just to give some background to the story, so now we have Joshua who has taken over from Moses. Moses has died. Moses only saw the wilderness. He never entered the promised land. He never saw it. So the leadership has now transitioned from Moses to Joshua. And can you imagine the life of Joshua? He's watched Moses. He's seen him take people out of Egypt. He saw Moses open the waters of the Red Sea and dry the seabed. He crossed through the Red Sea with the wealth of Egypt. He was the one who talked with God. And this is what Joshua came to know and what the people of Israel came to know about Moses. I don't want to imagine what Joshua must have felt like to take over this leadership from a man like Moses who talked with God, who was with God, who was able to experience God in a way in that time that no one else had. And now he's got to take over and lead these people. What happened to the Israelites that they didn't walk into the promise of God with faith? It's because they disobeyed God. They rejected what he was ready to give them. And I find so often we're in that place that because we don't understand what God is busy with, we subconsciously reject what it is that he's doing in our lives. They disobeyed God and they rejected what he was ready to give them. And for me, this is a great example of unbelief and faithlessness. How often this problem crops up in our lives? It is something I think that we as believers have to confront every single day. Our unbelief, our faithlessness. Even Jesus, on so many occasions, had to speak about it. In Mark 9, 19, he says, You unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? 
This is the story where Jesus had to cast out the evil spirit out of a young boy. And he says, bring the boy to me. How often in our lives and in our situations do we think, does God even remember that I'm here? Does he remember what he has promised me? Now, this generation that was in the wilderness, for me, is shocking that not one of them in that 40 years of the wilderness did not get to see the promised land, except for two. And we know them as Joshua and Caleb, the two spies, the two visionaries, the two men that believed we can take this place now. They climbed over the wall of Jericho. They saw the promises of God. The only two who walked into the promise, an entire generation that was lost and didn't see the promises of God. And this generation, all they knew was fabric tents, a nomadic life, and manna and quail. And even in that, they had their grumblings and didn't see what God wanted from them, didn't understand. So now they've crossed the Jordan River. They're in the land of Canaan, but there is more. And I think what my message is about is what it is that we need to possess. Because once we've entered, we've entered the land. The, the day we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I entered the promised land. I became the righteousness of Christ. My spirit became in a right standing with Jesus. In that moment, I am in the presence of God. I am perfect before him. So I've entered the promised land. But now I need to possess. Just like Joshua had to go and he had to possess Jericho. We have the justification, my salvation. Then we have the sanctification. That is me bringing my soul, my flesh, and my body under submission to that of Jesus, the spirit that is in me. It has to come into alignment with my spirit, who is now the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And just like Joshua had to go and take possession of Jericho, I have to take possession of my, my spiritual life as I move forward. So the faith that takes hold and believes is my first point. Unbelief depends on feelings. Faith depends on God's promises. Henny and I, when we go out to minister to do a ministry on healings, we speak about the hindrances of healing. And the two hindrances are the traditions of man and unbelief. In Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3, we read, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Moses was called to bring people out, but Joshua was called to take people into. And I think Adventure Church, each one of you here, you're here to take people into. Take them into that promised land, that land that you are living in. That is the call that I believe is here and that why you exist in this place, why you have been positioned and set in this place. Our promised land is Jesus Christ, who carries all the promises of God, which is the yes and amen of Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. But I don't find many people who live in that. I do not find people that are standing firm in this promise, in his promises. Joshua is a type of Christ, just as we are. And we're often afraid to say that, because how can I compare myself with Jesus? But he was the one that said, greater things you will do than I. I need to get over this hindrance within me that I cannot say that I am like him. I'm meant to become more like him all the time. That is the process of my sanctification. And if we're struggling with that, we will not be effective in the kingdom of God. We have to take possession. It's not good enough to just be in the land of Canaan. I need for the walls to come down in my life so that I can walk effectively, powerfully, and truthfully in the things of God. So as a type of Christ, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Whatever we are involved with as believers, whatever we are, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are inadvertently discipling people. You don't know that people are watching you, how you speak, the kind of decisions you make. The way you live is, on, is constantly under observation. Just like Joshua led people into the promises of God, you too have the opportunity to influence, impact people to take hold of God, to show people what it is to be a believer and not a skeptic. Because we do come up with traditions of man. Why this, the reason why something is not happening, we will not find it in God's word, but we will provide a reason from our own understanding. We need to stop that kind of thing because it prevents us from walking into the promises of God. Be believers that believe God and walk in an unwavering faith. God gave Joshua the land he had promised it, 
but Joshua still had his part to play in possessing it. And how do I possess it? What are the things that I need to possess? To step out in faith and to take hold and be faith-filled. To live in the fullness of his promises. For me personally, these promises have to do with my spiritual acumen. It has to do with how I see him. It has to do with how I understand his word, the revelation that I have. It's maturing in him, living free, walking and living healed, keeping in step with the spirit, to be placed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, to be thankful always in every situation, to be strengthened with power through the spirit in my inner being, to be rooted and grounded in love, to know the love of Jesus, to be filled with the fullness of God, living a godly life. Can I say that about my life? I think God's instructions to overcome Jericho was strange. I'm glad it wasn't me that he asked. Go around six times, six days, seventh day, seven times. I'm just going to go back to that. I think God's instruction to overcome Jericho was strange. I would have had a few questions, I think, of his strategy. <laughs> because can you imagine, Joshua is now leading men of valor, and he's telling them, we're taking this city, Jericho, but we're going to walk around the walls and then we're going to shout and the walls are going to come down. <laughs> These guys must have thought, no, 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 no. We are trained. We want to pick up our weapons. We want to go face the enemy. And he's like, no. God says, the obedience that Joshua walked in is the obedience that I feel that even in my own life I need an impartation of a greater obedience, to not waver, to not think and to consider. You know, Sir Francis Drake prayed a prayer. I've only got a little portion of it here, but I want to challenge Adventure Church with this. He says, disturb us, Lord. When we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true, because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. The adventure is in the impossible, the unbelievable, and the unimaginable. The second thing is be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 5 to 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man can come against what God wants to do in your life or in this church. Nothing. 
That has to sink into our hearts. No man, nothing, can stand against God. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause us people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. There's a part that we have to play in all of this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then John, Joshua 1, 16 to 18, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. The other day um, I was reading the story of Asa and Asa removed all the idols, all the Asherpoles. He cleaned out the country so that it would be a nation that worshipped God. And he said, you will worship God, and if you don't, you will die. And here we have a similar story where these men, mighty men of valor, say to Joshua, if people do not obey you, in other words, if they do not obey God, because we acknowledge you hear from him. And if you are, are people that are not obedient, then you will be put to death. There was a seriousness and a weight in obedience that I find is neglected in our walk with God. And I don't want you to sit here and think that I'm giving you a message of condemnation but I'm wanting to bring something that is a conviction. And if you're experiencing condemnation, it's not him that's speaking to you. But there'll be liberty and freedom in the message that he wants to bring you that is a calling out to say, come, because this is what I have for you and I want you to walk in it. Four times we see the instruction, be strong and courageous. Why is God saying this to Joshua? He was a man that had already seen victory in battle. He'd crossed over and he was in the land of Canaan. Be strong and courageous. This is a man who was one of the two spies who was ready to take what God had promised. He had seen the glory of God on Moses. Joshua sounds like someone that was strong and courageous. And God still instructs him three times. This task ahead is not going to be easy. 
there are going to be difficulties. You will face obstacles and challenges. There will be opposition. There will be enemies. There will be battles to fight. You cannot allow circumstances to hinder what God wants to do in your life. Perhaps you've moved forward in the will of God and now you do face opposition. Uh, Nexus, the company that we own, has experienced such favor and abundance from God. We've just seen him speak into our business. We've seen him lead us. We've seen him open doors. And our business started in 2002. In all of that time, we've tried to open business up internationally. And we failed everywhere we went. We were not able to open the doors of international business. During COVID, God decided, I will show you what I do. And we were like inundated with emails and calls internationally when the world has shut down. He will show each one of us who he is in our lives. And so maybe wherever you are right now and whatever you're facing in your life, you may want to withdraw. You may want to retreat. But he's saying, be strong. Be courageous. I have not left you. I think James explains what it is to be strong and courageous really well. In James 1, 2 to 4 and 6 to 8, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 6 to 8, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We look at these two words, strong and courageous. We realize it has nothing for me, nothing to do with the physical. It's everything to do with the spiritual. What am I what is my source? Is my source what I see? Or is my source his word? Is it Jesus speaking to me and me being obedient to him? Are we seeing or are we relying on our experiences for God to confirm his will in my life? to confirm the faithfulness, to confirm his power. I need to see things, but that's not what faith is. Faith is the unseen. If we look at the word strong in the Greek, it says to grasp, to seize, to take hold of, to be gripped by, to be unwavering, standing firm. What did James say? double-minded, 
backwards and forwards. Then I'm filled with faith, and then I'm filled with doubt. That fluctuates like that. Circumstances cannot dictate what my faith is. Courageous in the Greek is persistent, determined, encouraged, victorious, doing what is right even though it is difficult. What is the opposite of strong and courageous in this context? I think it is being double-minded. I think it is being tossed backwards and forwards, unstable in my ways and discouraged. Being strong and courageous has a definite direct correlation with God's word. God tells Joshua what to do with his word. word. You will read it. Remember, it will not depart from his mouth. It will be with him all the time. You will speak it. You will meditate on it, and you will obey it. Those are the four things I believe is needed for me to be strong and courageous. Why is it important? Because through that, through his word, I learn who God is, Revelation increases in my heart. And in the light of who I see God is, I know who I am. Do not read his word to know it. Read it so that you can become it. I've just been through a season now where uh, I realized that pursuing everything that God has for me, pursuing my gifts, pursuing the ministry, just my pursuit of God got lost and I realized that it became about me and results driven. And we were sharing with friends at breakfast on Monday where I shared with them that there were certain things I needed to lay down so that I can get back that which I had lost. Because it becomes about me and not the giver. And so pride is well and alive in our lives. And this is what pride will say in Psalms 10 verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Because that's what we think when things are difficult. He's not with me. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, Moses says to the people, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread for them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. strong and courageous or fearful. I think those are our choices. The adventure is in the impossible, the unbelievable, and the unimaginable. And I'm going to start closing now. 
The instruction is do not miss the power of this moment. God's power is at work. And don't allow whatever you are in to tell you that you have failed. An adventure involves many conditions. The picture I have in my mind is a mountaineer climbing a mountain. And I watch these guys who do it like, what, what, would, what do you call that? Like free, no, no strings attached. <laughs> but I look at that and I think, that is hard to climb a mountain and there's no support. And then imagine doing that the first time. I mean, once you are good at this, it's probably okay, you do it well. But can you imagine getting to, to that place of not having support, of having to climb this mountain um, in this manner? I'm sure there's points where you like, I think I'd rather go back, but I can't. I'm in the middle, maybe I need to go to the top but I don't know if I can make it. An adventure needs us to be flexible and make changes and decisions on the spot. Because with an, I mean, this is the name of your church. Adventure. I see trouble in that name. Because if there aren't challenges, if there aren't difficulties, it's not an adventure. The second instruction is the walls will not stop you. He says the walls will come down. I don't know how God's going to open the way for Adventure Church into the future of Tindley Manor. I don't know how God's going to open the way for the things in your life. But what I do know is that he's going to. And so I'm excited in my heart about what he is going to do. As they marched, as you live your life, the walls will come down. As they marched around Jericho and was obedient, the walls came down. What if they'd only marched six days and then shouted? There wouldn't have been any results. The walls would have remained our obedience to what he's saying to each of one of us and finding out what it is that he's saying has to be a priority. And so my challenge to you this morning is help me not to miss the power of this moment. Help me to recognize the opportunity of this moment. The walls are not going to stop me. 
Where I tread, he has already given that to me. Where my feet land belongs to me. So perhaps we need to, as believers, stop asking God to take away the pressures, to take away the problems, because that's where our prayers go to. Remove this, remove that. But maybe our prayers are wrong because gold is refined in fire. Diamonds are formed under pressure. The walls are gateways to God to do the impossible, the unbelievable, and the unimaginable.